Welcome into the All Things Bama podcast, powered by BamaCentral.com, your Sports Illustrated source for all Crimson Tide news and information. I am your host, Tyler Martin, joined by a very special recurring guest, Brian Pasnick from the Crimson Tide Sports Radio Network, who's the color commentator beside Chris Stewart, uh, calling basketball games. Uh, Brian, I hope you're doing well today, man, and I hope you're just relishing in, in this 10-game winning streak the Crimson Tide is on. Yeah, I sure am. It's great to be with you, first of all, and it is great to be talking Alabama basketball right now. Uh, this team is playing at such a high level, and 10 straight wins, 9-0 in the SEC uh, is incredible, but uh, it's just so fun to watch. Great style of play, and these guys are playing at an extremely high level. Yeah, Brian, before before we get into kind of some of the specifics, I, I want to hear from you in kind of the radio broadcaster side about just kind of the challenges that this year's presented because, I, you know, I, I see you, Chris, uh, Roger, and, and Tom, you guys are, are broadcasting the away games now from Baumhauer's in Vestavia. And uh, I remember last year, the, the, the couple times I talked to Chris, he told me, and he actually told a story on here one time about, about doing a game and he, you guys were at home, but you guys were at your, your respective homes, and he had to call it on ESPN, and the, the audio feed, the video feed was all messed up. And it's kind of, you know, we talked about that struggle, and it seems like this year, too, there's just been so many chaotic moments for you guys uh, in, in the broadcast booth. It has. It's been wild. Now, you know, it's been a crazy time for everybody. And first and foremost, we're just glad there's basketball, and that's the main thing. And right now, with with the SEC rules the way they are, visiting radio doesn't travel. So uh, we started the first few games of, of just doing them at Bryant-Denny Stadium in a studio and even a couple of the press box. And then we started traveling and, and doing them at Bob Howard's Victory Grill. We've done a few in Tuscaloosa. We've done a few in Vestavia, the Birmingham area. And, you know, it, it's tough not being there. And we, we much prefer to be there. And from a broadcasting standpoint, it's a, it's a whole lot easier. But since we can't be there, we've really, I, I think, made the most out of the difficult situation because these remote broadcasts at Bob Howers have been so much fun because you don't get much atmosphere uh, with, with you know, not the limited crowd situation. But you do in, in a restaurant, in a sports bar, even though they, they got the – tables distanced and, and you know it's not full typical capacity that you would normal, normally have in a restaurant it's still a bunch of Alabama fans uh, they're having a great time uh, it's hard not to have a great time watching Alabama basketball this year and, and it's created a fun atmosphere and something that I'm really glad we've done because it's, it's been an absolute blast now there have been a couple of occasions where we lost the feed and we're calling a game off of the TV that's in front of us. And when the feed goes out, uh, you're kind of <laughs> in trouble. But thankfully, Chris Stewart is uh, the best there is. And I've literally seen him call a basketball game, do the play-by-play of a game he can't see. So if you thought he was good before, um, to, to see a play-by-play guy uh, do play-by-play and not actually be able to see the action is incredible. And, you know, it's a combination of calling what he could see off the stat monitor with scoring updates mixed in with a little uh, sports talk radio in between (laughs) updating the stats. But uh, does it in in a smooth way to give uh, the listeners uh, the the 
best information possible. So it's been really interesting. It's been strange, but it's definitely been a lot of fun. Yeah, don't don't sell yourself short either, Brian. You know, you play a part in that as well. And then too, you know, it's got to be good. And I think you might have actually tweeted about this yesterday. I saw you. I saw it on my timeline, and you were because you know. Uh, going to games, right? I mean, I know the broadcast has been completely different, even on TV for fans, because they're having to deal with guys who aren't even at the game either. Uh, so I haven't really seen it as much, but I know a lot of the fans have talked about how guys, you know, I just think of Dick Vitale or some other guys on the Kentucky game, even Tuesday night, right? And a lot of Alabama fans were getting upset, and they would sync up the broadcast with you and Chris. And so I'm sure this year, is it kind of more than ever before you've had maybe more listeners and people reach out and be like, man, like I've been listening to you and Chris more because, you know, I maybe can't handle the broadcasters on TV? Yeah, you know, I think it's kind of a, a perfect storm of, number one, and probably – most importantly, technology has caught up to where it's pretty easy to sync up uh, the radio broadcast with the TV broadcast, and that hasn't always been the case. But now with, with DVRs and satellite radio, it's, it's fairly simple to sync up radio and TV. I do it all the time with the football broadcast, so uh, you know, I've got some experience there. I can't, can't do it on our broadcast, but, but it does. It, it seems like that just from the, the feedback that we've gotten that a lot of people are starting to do that. I've, I've you know, read a bunch of, about it on social media, it, which has been great. And, you know, it is hard. And, and I'm, you know, I understand what the TV broadcasters are going through because it really is different and harder not being there in person. And, and most of these games are being called remotely. Uh, so, you know, it's not quite the same thing. Uh, but one thing we try to do, uh, whether or we always do, I think, uh, whether we're at the arena or not, is talk about the game. <laughs> and not every TV broadcaster talks about the game. You, sometimes you get some fishing stories and some hunting stories and uh, going off on a tangent about anything but what's in front of them. And I think uh, fans, my, this is my opinion, and maybe some ESPN producers might disagree with me, I, I think they're tuned into a game because they care about that game and not old hunting stories, but uh, that's my personal opinion, but it, at least it sounds like a lot of people I talk to agree with me. No, no, we both agree, Brian, and too, that they don't also want to hear about another another sport at that school, right? It's, it's just about basketball. It should be about basketball alone. Yeah, I, I agree. And, uh, you know, I, I, first of all, I love all sports. And, uh, and if I'm watching a baseball game, uh, I'm not really there to talk about basketball, which is my favorite sport, or, or football, or, or anything, or another situation or, or other stories so uh, that's that's the way I like to watch a game and it sounds like there's a lot of people that, are, that agree with you and I on that well, yeah, you and Chris are doing a great job, Roger, too, and Tom, as always. But now kind of switching over to kind of more of just the analytical side of, of what NATOs is doing. The last time me and you talked, Brian, it was the day before, if I remember this correctly, it was the day before Saban Lee and Vanderbilt went into Coleman last year, and he dropped 40 points. And that was – I remember that game, and I remember Coach Oates talking about the after, in the press, presser afterwards talking about how there needs to be a culture change. Little did I mean I think I think people on the outside maybe this is a surprise to them. I mean even me and Luke Rattle talked about this last week on the show. It's like it's like we kind of saw this coming, but but I didn't think that the 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 turn of the program would be you know a little eleven months later, right? Because now they're sitting fourteen and three, nine and zero in the conference. Um, just kind of where they were at the end of last year till now. It, it's it's one of the best stories in the entire sport. It really is. I mean, right now Alabama basketball is the talk of the country it's it's incredible because it's more than 
being 9-0 and in the SEC, obviously that's a big part of it, and being now in the top 10 nationally. But I think it's a combination of being good, but also style of play. And when you watch Alabama, you feel like, and I've heard national commentators talk about this, you feel like you're watching kind of the future of college basketball. And Alabama is playing in a way that I think you're going to see a lot of schools try to emulate what Alabama essentially has started at the college level. I mean, you see it uh, in the NBA with the way the, the Houston Rockets play and the Milwaukee Bucks. Uh, and it, it is a system that is is based off of really some things that are very old school and that you want to get the best shots available. Um, being efficient on the offensive end and getting the best shot available is the goal. Uh, but it's broken down into um, – you know, getting the best shots, which are statistically layups, free throws, and threes. And when you look at the shot charts that, that have been more, uh, a little easier to get on, on social media, it's amazing that Alabama absolutely sticks to what those principles are. And, and it's one of the reasons this is one of the best, most efficient, most fun to watch offenses in college basketball because – they're trying to get layups. If you get uncontested layup, that's that's number one. If not, the second best shot, or you know, probably actually statistically, the the, the first best is, is free throw, um, because you know you're not going to get wide open layups. And after that, it's threes. And Alabama does exactly that and plays to what they want, plays to their identity. Uh, and college basketball, I think, will move in that direction, which is really cool that. Not only is Alabama good and fun to watch, but revolutionary, I think, and what they're doing in the college game, where this team has really made strides, because we saw that last year on the offensive end. Um, but there were injuries, and they weren't as consistent. It was year one of a new system and a new culture and trying to implement all those things. But where this team has improved dramatically is on the defensive end. And a year ago, when you look at the defensive efficiency numbers, Alabama was about 120th in the country and now top 10 nationally yeah. in defensive efficiency. So a complete change on that end of the floor. That was an area of focus from the end of the season last year in March, all spring, summer, fall, and obviously paying dividends right now because um, the threes have been falling, fortunately, but there have been a few games where they haven't. And, you know, the old saying, live by the three, die by the three. Alabama has lived by the three, but they haven't died by the three when it wasn't there. Uh, they've been able to do other things that have allowed them to win games. So right now they're getting it done on both ends. Yeah, and too, I mean, you mentioned the shot charts, the, the, just the three-pointers, layups, and free throws. And I was I, we had a story on our site this morning just talking about like a mid-season report card since we're at the halfway point of the SEC season. And, you know, I mean, the defense has been better than the offense. But when you look at the shot chart, it, I mean, it just screams modern basketball. And, it, I mean, it, it too, you know, after Alabama's, what, they hit 23 threes against LSU, I asked Nate, I said, do you think there's another level to this team? And he said, you know, I, don't, I think there is, right? We got a lot of stuff to clean up. And then over the next two games against Mississippi State and Kentucky, what I saw in the final moments of those games – their defense, like for example, I mean Kentucky, they didn't score on seven of their final nine possessions, and Alabama outscores them like eighteen to five over the last four minutes. I think that's the next level, and it might not look like hitting twenty three threes, 
but it's it's putting clamps on those guys. And I don't care that it's Kentucky and they're, they're down and they might not have an alpha score. That's still impressive, right? No, no doubt. And as good as Alabama has been this year, and, and really spectacular at times. I mean, to go on the road in a game for first place against one of the most talented teams in college basketball in LSU, and you're leading by 43 points in the second half, is spectacular. I mean, that is incredible, especially when you consider the talent level on the other side. Um, in that game, Alabama was getting it done it, on defense, but, you know, set a SEC record of 23 made threes in that game. And that was incredible. But the, the Kentucky game, in, in a way, may have been more impressive because you know you're going to win, and you're going to win big if you hit 20-plus threes. Um, but to only hit six threes and struggle and go 10 minutes without a field goal because you are playing Kentucky, which is not a great team this year, but they are one of the best defensive teams in the country, and they had a great plan, and they executed it. They were uh, they were really good on the defensive end. But for Alabama to struggle that offensively through most of the second half, only hit six threes for the game and win by double digits is incredibly impressive. And it's and that's not a game that Alabama would have won last year. And, and really, you look back over the last 15, 20 years, I'm not sure how many, how many games Alabama would have won in that situation. But they got it done uh, on the defensive end with heart, with toughness, uh, on a night where the – the three ball wasn't going down, and I thought that was really impressive. Me too. And now, Brian, let's flip the, the script over here to the SEC Big 12 Challenge. Alabama going – it doesn't it doesn't get any easier. In my, it, it never does in the SEC, but especially the gauntlet Alabama's already been through in this first half, and now they've got to go face an Oklahoma team that just beat Texas, that just beat Kansas. Uh, what are some kind of – you know, just in your early prep work for the game, I mean, just kind of what are what are your thoughts on, on the Sooners, and, and what is Alabama going to have to do to pull out a victory in Norman? Alabama's attention, that's for sure, and unless anytime you go and play one of the top programs in the Big Ten and a Lon Kruger coach team, I mean, these guys were going to respect them anyway, but the Sooners are as hot as anyone. They've, they've won back-to-back games against top ten teams, one of those being an arch rival on the road against a top five team in Texas, so Oklahoma is looking like you know a, a really good seed in the NCAA tournament and a great opportunity for Alabama, who didn't have the success that they wanted in the non-conference. And they're a different team now uh, than they were uh, in, in November and December when they were trying to, you know, again, implement uh, their system and, and bring in uh, new players to play with some of the veterans and, and trying to figure out a rotation. So this team is much different, but Oklahoma is playing better than they have all year. So. Uh, it's a great. It would be a great challenge for Alabama. It's not like all these games. You know, you're not going to have a, a big uh, tough road environment in terms of fans. But that, that's something that to me has been interesting about this year. Is essentially you're just playing a bunch of neutral site kind of games. You know, you, yeah, Oklahoma will get to sleep in their own bed, uh, and they'll they'll be used to the shooting backgrounds. But it's hard to have a, a, a raucous crowd. I, I would say that the Alabama students against Kentucky made it about as loud as it was humanly possible to to be in a, a loud environment with only 2,000 fans in the stands and a 15,000 seat arenas. But but uh, you know Alabama's going to have to get ready to play. They're banked up. 
Um, they've, they've dealt with injuries. Uh, they've got guys uh, banged up right now coming off of illness and sickness and different things. Uh, so hopefully they'll be full speed. The, the, the incredible thing about this run through the first half of the SEC tournament is they really haven't been healthy through it. It's been a difficult schedule, and they've had injuries, and, and fortunately uh, nothing too serious. Hopefully Jordan Bruner will be back. But you've got a bunch of guys that have been hurt, banged up, couple that have missed for, for illness uh, and hopefully this team will be full speed soon which I guess would be pretty scary for the rest of the SEC that Alabama's been able to do this and hasn't been helping yeah and, and as we as we kind of wrap this up Brian you know you I don't, I don't want to get too far ahead but if you look at the schedule right after this Oklahoma game Alabama's got a, a tough rematch against LSU and Coleman and then I think the most sneakiest game remaining on the schedule is, is a trip to Columbia, Missouri to face a top 15 Tigers team. And then, you know, you look at the remaining seven games, and six of them are against the bottom half of the league, and four of them are against the teams that are in the, the last four spots of the, of the conference. So, you know, Alabama really, if, if they get past LSU and Missouri unfazed, then like then the SEC title and the regular season title, of course, is sitting right there in, at their fingertips. Yeah, I mean, you're in a great spot, no doubt about it. And, and with what they've accomplished uh, through the first half of the season has set them up to be in a position that, that they have to love. You know, you can't relax. You can't um, look at it and say, you know, we, we played the toughest games on our schedule. We're undefeated and relax because you're going to get everybody's best shot now. Uh, Alabama will officially be the hunted in the back half of the SEC season. It's really hard to beat good teams twice, which – we saw Tuesday night against Kentucky. You know, Alabama handled them fairly easily in Rupp Arena, and it was a dogfight Tuesday night, and Alabama had to, to really play well on both ends the last three or four minutes of that game. You're going to get that in the return game from LSU, going on the road to Arkansas, teams that you beat handily the first time around. So those are going to be tough games. And the one thing that I've noticed about the league even though you know there are some teams on the, towards the bottom of the league that haven't had the years they, they wanted, those teams are capable of beating the upper echelon teams in the SEC. Uh, the teams that have struggled uh, have had their moments against some of the better teams in the SEC, uh, even though some teams have separated themselves in terms of record. Um, I don't see a ton of separation with some of the teams that have struggled in terms of talent level and their capabilities to beat you on a given night. So Alabama's going to have to continue to have that mindset, uh, be in attack mode, can't relax, because people are going to come after the Crimson Tide the back half of the year. Yeah, there's no doubt about that, and I think they will, and we're all looking forward to that game, which is now on ESPN. They just moved from ESPN2 to ESPN, but but we're all going to listen to you and Chris uh, on the Crimson Tide Sports Network throughout the state of Alabama. You guys can find them uh, you know, on, on, on a plethora of stations across the state. And again, Brian, we just really appreciate your insight and appreciate you hopping on here. Well, I appreciate you having me. It's always a lot of fun. Awesome. Thank you. For Brian Passnick, I'm Tyler Martin, and this has been the All Things Bama Podcast.